Mistaken Identity is headed to the Dominican Republic on the new carnival celebration in January of 2023, thanks to MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're looking to book a cruise, visit Walt Disney World, or spend some time on a private resort in a remote location around the world, MEI Travel is for you. Frank and Jordan are scheduled to set sail on January 3rd for seven nights on Carnival's newest ship, set to debut this November. And if that sounds like the type of thing you're interested in, MEI Travel has plenty of accommodations to fit all your travel desires. Contact Brock Taylor for all of your travel needs and to determine the best deals for you at mistakenidentitymedia at gmail.com. To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Alrighty, thank you, Coach, for putting us in. When I'm talking about Coach, I'm talking about Frank. Uh, happy Cubs Convention weekend, everybody. We miss you guys like crazy. I see Trisha's drinking some wine. I got a Club 400 beer. Hoping you guys all got something to drink because I told Frank it was okay. There we go. It's not a Kitty O'Shea's, Lizzie McNeil's Cubs Convention without a couple of cocktails. Uh, for those of you that know me, my name is Paul Crawley Jean from Crawley's Clubhouse. Been going to Wrigley for over 40 years, season ticket holder for 20 years, uh, gone to Cubs convention for over 20 years. And uh, we were asked to kind of provide a panel of different Cubs social media figures to kind of talk a little bit about what's going on in the season right now, some memories that we have at Wrigley Field, and uh, some memories of Cubs Con's past. Uh, if you're going to get a drink, hurry up. You may miss it. We got plenty of pictures of so many of you guys uh, over the years, but, uh, you know, we're, we're excited here. Um, to my right, I think you see it same as I do, is Mr. Joe Kilgowan. He hosts the Joe Kilgowan uh, podcast. He was the former co-host of Lockdown Cubs, and his Cub Convention connection really goes to the fact that he used to open up Anthony Rizzo's comedy show 
which used to be on the Thursdays before CubsCon. Welcome, Joe. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear some of those stories. I've heard a couple of them, and it's just I, I have some really. You sent some cool pictures of you performing. That had to have been an amazing time. Oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, that's I, I obviously love Anthony Rizzo the way a lot of us do, but I remember when he got traded, thinking, "Oh man, I guess there goes a gig for me too now." Like that, <laughs> that was like salt on the wound right there. You you got a double whammy. Below uh, Joe is Sarah Sanchez. You can find Sarah Sanchez on Bleed Cubby Blue. Her podcast is Cup of Cubby Blue, and she also writes fan graphs. So we figured we really need someone that knows what she's talking about. That's why we had to have Sarah here. How are you, Sarah? Hey, Crowley. Thanks for having me. No problem. And then right below me is a guy that you've probably seen me with at Cubs convention in the past, uh, the host of the Sun Ranto Show, Danny Rocket. How are you, Danny? Co former host of uh, Outside the Envy as well. How are you, Danny? Uh, I am well, Crawley. It's good to see you again. And, uh, you know, at, the only thing I'm sad about tonight is that we're not all at Lizzie McNeil's or, or or watching the beginning of Late Night with Ryan Dempster and then go down to Lizzie McNeil's, uh, pop a couple with our, our friends and stuff. It's sad state of affairs that we can't be together tonight. But this is the second best thing. And it's really wonderful to be here. Well, you know, um, you, we were talking. I know, Joe, you were talking about when Rizzo got traded. That was really tough this year for the Cub fans when we saw so many Cubs that we grew to love, especially with that championship team, get traded on Blue Friday, as it's come to be known. Uh, what, what did you think when that happened, and, and how disappointed were you? I guess I'll start. Uh, it was a gut punch, actually, because I was at the game with you, Crawley, and Danny, and we were all hoping so desperately that if it was going to be the – a goodbye that we'd be able to say goodbye. We all wanted like a pinch hit appearance from Rizzo and Chris Bryant. So we could go nuts for them one final time, just in case. And the feeling though around the ballpark was no way you don't trade icons like this. It's not going to happen. KB. We felt maybe Rizzo, not so much. And then Javi on top of it. It was one of those things where I guess it's something that we're all going to debate for years and years to come. Was it better to have it all happen at once, you know, like rip it off like a bandaid or would we have liked to have seen it spaced out a little bit? I'm sure we would have liked to have held on to him too, because as much as we love winning, um, we love the people too. I think the people make up being a Cubs fan so much. Like 2016 was the greatest thing of all time that there was part of me that's like, you know what? They've all earned it. Let's ride this thing till the wheels come off. I don't care. That's how much these players mean to us. So it's, it's tough. I guess that's something we're going to debate for a long time. Was it better that they all went at once? or uh, a little spread out the pain a little bit. And uh, Sarah, you know, the Cubs are hope we don't know what's going to happen in the off season. We know they signed Marcus Stroman. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw on social media, we did some cub caroling and tried to convince Carlos Correa to come to the Cubs. What do you see happening, Sarah, once this lockout ends and uh, the Cubs are able to kind of make some moves in the future? I was skeptical that the Cubs were going to be super invested in the free agent market this off season. And I, so that when they signed Stroman, that was like, okay, Jed means it. He's definitely in on trying to win in the short term. You do not go out and get the best free agent pitcher on the market. In my opinion. I mean, you can debate it. There's a couple of other guys who would like their name in there. I think Stroman was the best free agent 
pitcher available. You do not go out and get that guy and give him the money for three years if you are not trying to win in those three years. So to me, that was a sign that they're in on some of these other players as well. Now, the interesting thing about the Cubs rotation from where I sit is that they've got a lot of guys who give you weak contact, not a lot of guys who strike you out. So the next thing they need is a shortstop. You cannot have a weak contact pitching staff without a top tier defensive shortstop out there to turn all those ground balls into outs. And, you know, you got a couple of options out there. You've still got Trevor Story out there. You've still got Carlos Correa. As you said, I think Correa is head and shoulders, the person that the Cubs should go get. And they are a big market team. That's what they should do. They should go give Carlos Correa the deal that brings him in, let him lead the Cubs team of the future and let him own this. Let him be the guy, right? For the next squad of Cubs coming up, the Brennan Davises of the world, all of the guys that we want to see that we're going to see in the next couple of years, I think that's really exciting. I'm, su- I'm super stoked to see how it comes together. Now, Danny, we did see some performances that we didn't expect. Uh, a couple guys got Rookie of the Year votes. A couple guys made it to Rookie of the Month. Frank Swindell and Patrick Wisdom. Now, here's the thing. Patrick Wisdom, to me, like I met him. And that kind of changed my opinion a little bit. I kind of love the guy now. I, I don't know if he's going to be the best third baseman in the world, but he couldn't be a nicer guy, and he's almost as handsome as I am. So uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts, Danny? Can these guys keep up uh, what they did last year to impress people? Well, look at, I mean, look who they're replacing. They're replacing Chris Bryant, and they're replacing Anthony Rizzo. And so they've got huge shoes to fill. And I don't know that these two particular gentlemen are up to fill those shoes in the way that Rizzo and Bryant filled them. So if you could do an upgrade at any one of those positions, I think everybody would agree that that would not be a a bad thing. If you could, if you could do that Uh, on the other side, you have holes to fill kind of all over this roster. So, you know, sure. They go get Marcus Stroman. Uh, Woohoo. We're signaling, we're signaling, signaling a new direction for this next year, but you, now you need, somebody else you need another starting pitcher you need two Marcus Stroman's you need uh an outfield you need a lefty power bat you need a shortstop I mean there's so many holes to fill on this team right now because of Blue Friday that I believe that Marcus Stroman if that's all they do it's not going to be enough but I do like it as a signal that like once the the CBA is figured out that maybe they do go and sign a Correa whether it's 10 12 years they got to lock him up that's the best shortstop on the market. He's 27 years old. I don't see why you don't do that. You know, there's there's no reason not to do it. Big market team, like Sarah said, absolutely just built. If, if you're going to refresh your entire roster, let's make it fresh. That's all I'm saying. Now, obviously, the reason we're here and not some players is because there is a lockout going on, which is frustrating because I know a lot of people on this call right now in this Zoom meeting, some of them work in Mesa. Some of them, uh, some of them just go to hang out in Mesa. I know that for a fact. We would just love to know what are your thoughts. If you can give me a timeline, do you think we're going to miss any spring training, or will the season be delayed? Joe, what's your opinion on that one? I think the season will be delayed. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't want to say that. Usually, I try to be positive and optimistic. I, I think, I think the season starts May first. Um, and I think the owners don't really care that much about it. I think they half the April games are terrible attendance anyway for most teams. Like seriously, there's like six teams in baseball that sell tickets in April. Um, so I could see them being like, ah, what's the rush? Uh, hopefully they do something that makes 
I'm, you know, I'm always going to be pro players, but uh, so hopefully something that leans heavily towards the players, but both sides just could lock this up. Let's, you know, it's on the heels of a pandemic, the 60 game season, and these owners are playing a dangerous game because there are so many options now. It's not like before where it's like, oh, fans will always come back to baseball. I started watching Premier League soccer for the first time ever in my life, and I'm kind of enjoying it. Like, so I know it's weird. I I never would have thought that. So my point is don't ruin this game. Don't have a big, long layoff. Owners, please. I, I Some people listening, you might have someone's ear. See if he could influence some people. We, You know, we're rooting for it because Joe, I'm, me, I'm worried. Joe. I am worried about my, I have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old son. I'm worried about their generation to come. If baseball plays this game of like, Oh, so what? We'll have another half season off after two years ago of a 60 game season last year. Fans didn't come full force until June. So it's like, let's, let's get this done. We all want baseball. We all want to make fools of ourselves. We all want bad sunburns. We right, want to be at the ballpark. Joe, I just got to say, stop watching Premier League soccer. Get yourself the seven-game Blu-ray of the Cubs World Series Championship and raise your kids right. Sarah, I've watched that so much, it's skipping. I need to buy a new one. (laughs) What what are your thoughts, Sarah? I So, to be clear, my birthday is February 26th, and a few years ago, the Cubs got me a Dexter Fowler for my birthday, which was one of the greatest gifts I've ever gotten. For my birthday, the only thing I want for my birthday this year is for spring training games to start on February 26th like they are supposed to. (laughs) Now, I recognize that that is probably that is probably a little too optimistic at this moment in time. When you look at where the talks are at at the moment, you look at the offers that are on the table. And frankly, there's there's a little bit of just they're both stuck in places where they don't have a lot to negotiate on with some of these questions about free agency. If you look at, I think it was last week, Jeff Passan, some other writers talking about how the league is just not going to give on this five or six years of free agency thing. If you're a 30 year old rookie, like a Patrick wisdom or a Frank Schwindel, that's a really big deal. That extra year is the difference between you ever getting a chance to get one of those any contract beyond what you get with the league minimum and arbitration. So I understand why it's a problem. I also think that I agree, I couldn't agree with Joe Moore. This game is better when it's being played. And there's a lot of money at stake for the players and the owners if the games aren't happening. So I think that once that once you get to that pitchers catchers report date and things haven't been done, hopefully that'll put some pressure on these negotiations to actually move and I, you know, they should raise the league minimum. They should pay some of these players who are giving them so much value for so little money a lot more. I think that the guys who are already, you know, the guys who are making $30 million a year, they're fine. They're going to, they're going to be just fine. Like, I'm not worried about them, but I do think that there are some fairness issues. There's the super two issue that they need to hash out to make sure that players don't have to spend an additional year uh, making the league minimum when they would be making millions more like what happened with Chris Bryant. So there's, there's a lot to hash out and they're not close right now. So as much as I want baseball for my birthday, I'm, I'm stealing myself for the fact that that is not going to happen. I should have made Danny go first. Cause now I need sunshine and I don't think Danny's going to provide it. Danny, do you have anything <laughs> positive to say? 
Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say that who I feel for are the employees uh, that are locked out, you know, that, that we're in a room full of, of employees right now that uh, are, are not at CubsCon tonight, that uh, might not be at Wrigley till May. Maybe your work at Mesa and that's not going to happen. And like, these are people's livelihoods. These are, you know, this is also like the way we as a society kind of set our schedule, especially those of us that live in winter states, you know, where it gets cold and then, you, you you know, just the way we set our seasons and the way the, the rhythm of life is set up by baseball. And for that to be disrupted, we saw how that felt in 2020 uh, with the start of the pandemic. We're still, uh, you know, working through our way through this. And so the real disappointment to me is that these millionaires and billionaires can't figure something out. I do blame the billionaires more than the millionaires. But in this really kind of critical time in our society that they aren't going to be a little bit bigger, the billionaires specifically, and be like, all right, we need to save society and keep people from rioting. Let's give them baseball. And they don't even, they can't do that because they need to make an extra 10 bucks. And that's what's disappointing to me at this at this moment. Um, if uh, I, I do... Th- I'm very disappointed by yesterday's meeting, which was basically a, a rehashing of the original proposal, which is the base of owners are like, we want to take all the money and not, nothing change. And the players were like, well, we'd like this to change. And they're like, no. And that's where they're at. They met for an hour. It was pathetic. Uh, y- you know, I really wish they would work harder and together. But unfortunately, with the 2020 negotiations, those of us that paid attention to that were disgusted by them, including Ken Rosenthal, who got fired for even speaking up about it. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of hope, and I I would like to, that they would get it together. Uh, But I I will say this much. I I feel your pain. I I feel the pain of everybody in this room, including uh, in this particular chat, because that's what we do. We talk about the Cubs, you know, that we work for them. You know, you talk about... Come on, guys, get it together. You talk about the people, and that's what's hard for me about Cubs convention is that, like, you know, when you've been going to games as long as I have or Cubs conventions, you know, originally, like, oh, the games, the players. But knowing some of these workers for so many years, you know, they really make Wrigley that special place. The workers are the heartbeat of whether it's Cubs convention or uh, or the season. Just they make it so special. And I just want to tell, you know, some CubCon stories since we're not there. And I want to kind of to kick it off with uh, a funny story. Now, you guys, and you guys can uh, comment in the chat, Any anyone that's listening, uh, we got the chat open and we can kind of take a look at that. But one thing that cracked me up is that, you know, everybody at CubsCon, we start drinking a little bit early as all of you who work there. No. <laughs> yes, okay, you no, do. No, no doubt about that. <laughs> and uh, so I used to sit there. I don't know if anyone remembers the old Hilton days. Uh, when, when we used to go there, but you know, you go to the Hilton and we would kind of sit there and it, it was just kind of craziness and you, you would run in, but it's so big. It wasn't like the Sheridan. And so you'd get in, you'd find your little space. I got a picture here that, uh, like I said, kind of old school for those of you that can remember this one, but, uh, this is a picture of us in the Hilton. And so right above it was, used to be where the, um, players would come out and they would do the announcement. It was all on this big balcony. And so I would get there and there's my cooler, if you can see it in the blue. And I start edging closer and closer, <laughs> you know, the front. And that's where security has to start getting tough on you, you know, and I love them. They're doing their job. And again, I've had a couple. So I'm sitting there and there's this guy that's kind of looking at me. He's giving me the eye, this employee. 
And he, he, he knows, he's like, eh, shit, there's Crawley again. He's had a couple of beers that I, Crawley can't go past the line, can't go past here. So I, I get his name. I said, wait, what's your name? Rick. Rick, how are you, buddy? Da, da, da. So Rick's like, I like you, but don't cross this line here, right here. Okay. So we kind of start inching and the line, the line is kind of moving a little bit. And so I had a sign at the time um, because this was Theo Epstein's first year. Uh, so I got to say, it's about 2010, 2011. And I had this sign that, uh, you know, I brought with me. And every year I start the Let's Go Cubbies chant right before the thing starts. Uh, here's my sign. Theo Fest. <laughs> I am jacked up. This is going to be the most exciting thing. The Cubs are going to win the World Series. I know it now because Theo's here. And Rick is just giving me the eye. And I'm so pumped up and I'm so excited. And some of you I already see nodding their head because you know how I get. And, and Rick's looking at me and, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? Rick's just doing his job. He's a good guy. So I take the sign and I alter the back of the sign. I got Sharpies for autographs there. And so I changed the back of the sign. So the back of the sign uh, looks like this. Let's see if you guys recognize this guy. He's a slight bit older now, not that much. Let's take a look at this picture here. I love Rick. Yeah. yeah. I changed the sign. <laughs> So that it said, I love Rick and being a good sport, he took a picture with me. But this just kind of shows you how like the employees, um, this is kind of how- say that's the penmanship of a drunk guy. Yes. <laughs> that looks like a toddler wrote that. Yes, that is, that is the penmanship. But here's the thing about Rick. You guys know that I got to give Miggy Montero his World Series ring. What you may not know is that Chris Bryant got his ring from somebody very special. Uh, her name was Amy Liss, and Amy is a quadru uh, she has cerebral palsy. She's about the most amazing person in the entire world that you'll ever meet, the most positive. And um, guess who was on the field with us for when we did the ring ceremony? Rick. Our good friend, Rick, yeah. And so how <laughs> interesting that it all, this is us in the back before we got our jerseys. And there's Rick right here helping an elderly man out. He was, uh, that's Joe Thurston. And then Amy Liss is right here. And then a lot of us are still friends um, at, at uh, you know, from the ring bears. But like I said, that was nine years later and there is six, seven years later, there's Rick kind of there. So we all get to be kind of friends knowing each other and talking to each other at CubsCon. Joe, can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in CubsCon with uh, Anthony Rizzo? Uh, yeah, luckily, um, so second city Rizzo is partnering with second city, but that's just improv. They do like, you know, whose line is it anyway type improv games, which could be really cool. And then they were like, well, we need some standups. And, you know, I wear my Cubs love on my sleeve. You know, I'm one of the few comedians who will perform in Cubs gear, which sometimes could be a risk. Cause you never know if there's Cardinals or white Sox fans in the crowd. And if they are in the crowd, I just tell them, don't worry, I'll speak slower. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, there's me and Anthony in 2018. He didn't do his, it's called Anthony Rizzo's Laugh Off for Cancer. He didn't do the event in 2019 because it was his honeymoon. And then he came back in 2020. And then, of course, we had a pandemic in 2021 as well. But uh, so it was great. I, that event, I got to go like toward the, at the end. And I really had to get their attention because it's all the most, pretty much all the players are there. And, uh, and they're drinking heavily. They're having fun, right? It's, it's a little, you know, trip back to Chicago for them too. And, uh, there was some really cool stuff going on. Actually at the first event, there's one wide picture. I don't know if I sent you that where you see me pointing and I'm actually pointing at Joe Madden 
This is the 2018 uh, Anthony Rizzo event, which was at the old Paris Club, which is probably not there anymore. Who knows? And I basically said to him, because uh, Kyle Hendricks wasn't there, I said, hey, Joe, uh, I heard Kyle Hendricks was here, but you sent him home early. Uh, you know, kind of making a joke about the whole game seven, taking him out in the fifth thing. And he loved it. He la- he laughed his ass off and said, that was great. And I got to talk to him briefly. Um, and yeah, just great guys. And every event's been really fun. Um, last time, the 2020 event, I got to host it. And it just, it's the coolest. It's so many people donating money to charity. I'm not kidding you. They show a video. That's the two of us on stage together, Anthony Rizzo and myself. I wore a suit. I stepped up my game from the leather jacket at the first event. And uh, we're doing the auction. We're doing not like an auction, but we're like, who's going to you know, donate? And like some person will yell out 20,000, 10,000, because it's really insanely rich people. A lot of players will donate their jersey number, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, you know, like uh, Jason Hayward donated $22,000 or something. Note to uh, self, pick a low jersey all- number. Yeah, if you a Stroman zero, so I don't know if he's even chipping in at all. Um, and he's actually a great guy, so I'm sure he'd throw a lot in. But uh, just I'll say this real quick: they show a video of all Anthony was doing for Lurie's Children's Hospital, and it's like a Pixar movie. Just tears, everyone's crying. It's just it's so much. Anthony Rizzo off the field, right up there with like Walter Payton. I feel like one of the most charitable athletes to ever come to the city of Chicago. And um, I've had family work at Lurie's Children's Hospital, and they're amazing. By the way, at this event, David Ross did tell me that they were going to lead off Chris Bryant in 2020. I, I had that confirmed. Rossi was like, Bryant's going to lead off. And remember, he did lead off for the first like month or so of 2020, So, which I kind of liked as a strategy. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of fun. Um, can I, I don't know if I want to share this one joke. I'm, t- I'm taking up too much time here. Hey, share the joke. Share the joke, Joe. All right, here's the Keep one. Uh, all right. Um, in 2020, things were a little sensitive because, you know, the Cubs, unfortunately, we've changed, though. We're starting. We're big free agent spenders again. Stroman's showing that we're going to go back to the old ways where we're big players. But it had been a couple of years of no spending. So one of the notes to the comedians was like, hey, kind of avoid that if you can. Don't really be negative about anything. And, um, you know, it was David Ross's first year as manager. There's me when Schwarber slimmed down. It's cool that I'm taller than him. He's way stronger, though. But uh, <laughs> so I said, uh, you know, people were saying they hired David Ross to bring in some accountability. And so I said, hey, Rossi, my advice to you is don't let any players have their wives sing their walk up song. Bad things seem to happen with that. That was the one joke I said that I was kind of like, oh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for that one. But I didn't. Everyone thought it was funny. And they all preferred Elton John's version of Benny and the Jets. You now know who I'm talking about. Anyhow, um, Benny, Danny, uh, Danny, you did meet somebody unusual at Cubs convention and I've I've met a lot of unusual people at Cubs convention. Like absolutely. But Cubs convention is basically a bunch of unusual people (laughs) hanging out in downtown Chicago. But this person in particular had a connection to the player that we see here. This guy right here, if you don't know, is John Baker. He was the backup catcher for the Cubs. Uh, he now is, what, what is he, head of the uh, Pirates. He, uh, the yeah. Pirates. Pi- yeah, the Pirates, Pirates minor, uh, minor league, league system coordinator. Minor league system now. coordinator, yeah, for the Pirates. And you bumped into a family member of, uh, of uh, John Baker. Tell us about that. Uh, well, I, well, I don't know about a family member. That, it, what, what do you mean a family member of John Baker? 
Didn't you like run his into dad? his dad there? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I, I met his dad on Twitter. What happened? My path to John Baker is strange. So uh, in 2015, uh, some of you guys might have been, or 2014, I should say, when John Baker was the backup catcher, uh, there was a night on July 29th, which maybe some of you guys were working at Wrigley Field that evening, and it was the longest game in Wrigley Field history. Uh, or, or maybe baseball history, actually, I, I think. And... Um, it, no, I think just Wrigley Field. Anyway, John Baker ended up pitching in the game in the 16th inning. He he got the win in this tie ball game. He ends up scoring the winning run, and that night I was at the game. Uh, long story short, I, I was at the game, but then I wasn't at the game, and I couldn't get back in. And one of why, you, why nice weren't ushers, you, why weren't you back in? I'm curious. Can you give well, me some more to details? To be honest, I mean, if, if I'll get into the the details if you want, I was out smoking a cigarette at uh, Captain Morgan's Club when that was over there, and I didn't know that you couldn't get him in after midnight because our game was to go into Captain Morgan's, chug a beer in the top of the inning, go back in to see if the Cubs won in the bottom of the inning during extra innings and then that's how it would work we were out having a cigarette we couldn't get back in there said we announced it well we didn't hear it well we didn't get back and we went into every entrance and none of you fine ushers of Wrigley Field would let me and my friends back in probably because we were uh, about seven sheets to the wind so I, I, we go to we go to the dugout bar over on Addison. We watch the rest of the game. John Baker gets the win. We all celebrate. I wake up the next morning with a terrible hangover and write a song called "The Night the Backup Catcher Got Got the Win." And I told my story about trying to get back into the ballpark, all that stuff. Fast forward a year, and John and I put it up on uh, Bleed Cubby Blue, where Sarah writes, and also uh, on YouTube. His dad found it. John Baker's dad found the video and um, got in touch with me. He's like, you wrote a song about my son winning a baseball game. I'm like, yes, I did. So then John got in touch with me. And actually, that picture that you put up before, that's me and John's first time actually meeting in person after he heard the song. He's like, oh, you wrote a song about me. And since then, we've thrown five John Baker days and raised a bunch of money for charity and stuff like that. And it was all because, yeah, you got it up there. So there's John. Uh, the Bleacher Bum Band, uh, uh, members of Ivy Envy, Katie Day, and uh, John's uh, brother, John's plays brother the Will, yeah. playing with the Blue Trombone, um, uh, Michael from Sunranto Show, Nicole, my fiance, uh, Lyle from Sunranto, Corey from Ivy Envy, all these guys, and we all got pulled together. This is the first John Baker Day at Nisei Lounge. And um, every year we've raised about 5000 bucks for a different charity. Um, last few years we've been working with the Lost Boys. And then John went to the Pirates, so it's kind of all off now. But, we'd, we, uh, but you know, it's uh, Butterfly Flaps Its Wings and things are happening. So we we're working with the Lost Boys, raising money for them. And in a couple weeks I'm going to be going in and working with the kids at the Lost Boys, uh, teaching them music and stuff like that. So it's the, the, it all keeps rolling and... Uh, um, anyway, uh, th- th- thank God that none of you guys let me back into that stadium. That song might have never have been written <laughs> or it would have a different ending. So, Sarah, you know, for people that don't know, it used to be Kitty O'Shea's used to be the place where you could hang out and have some drinks and there'd be players there. But uh, tell everybody a little bit about what makes Cubs convention so special on Friday night after the Ryan Dempster party. So I just have to say, I, I am such a relative newbie to CubsCon, but I'm building my stories. I moved to Chicago in 2016, but I was a Cubs fan 
long before that, I grew up watching the Cubs in Christ, Utah, tiny little town in Utah, but you could get WGN and you could get TBS. So my brother watched all the Braves games and I watched all the Cubs games and I stayed a Cubs fan from the time I was little until I ultimately moved near Wrigley Field um, when the Cubs won it all, which frankly was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen in my life. But so the first time that I got to go to CubsCon was in 2018. Um, and I felt like five-year-old me had won the lottery. It was the coolest thing in the universe to finally be at CubsCon with all of you at this place where I could hang out with fans. I thought I was the biggest Cubs fan in the world. And I walked into the Sheraton and realized very quickly that I was an amateur. That, <laughs> there were so many people who had like multiple different jerseys for their dogs walking around. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what Cubs fandom could look like. And it, I just knew I was in my space with my people. And it was, it was the most incredible thing. But so I, I'm relatively new to all of this. I get to hang out with great people like Danny and Joe and Crawley, and they invite me to hang out uh, at Lizzie McNeil's uh, down the block. So this is like polar vortex Cubs Con where the river <laughs> is frozen and the walk from the Sheraton to Lizzie McNeil's is like the most frigid thing that has ever happened in my entire life. I honestly felt like we were on the slopes of Everest or something. It was, it was real bad walking that like tiny little bit down there, but yeah, just hanging out with all, all of the people, all the people from Bleacher Nation, all of our friends. Uh, that's me and my co-host for Cup of Cubby Blue, Andy Cruz Vanasek, hanging out with Crawley uh, and of course, hanging out with the one and only Wayne Mesmer. I remember Andy being like, oh my God, we have to get a picture with Wayne. It was like the coolest thing in the history. He's the making sure you could see that ring too. He's got that right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you is that Harry Carey was the man that made CubsCon come to life. But if you talk about somebody that really kind of took Harry's mantle, not, nobody can replace Harry. No, no, don't go there. But you talk about a guy that represents what CubsCon should be, which is being available to fans. He'll sit in line for 40 people all night, taking pictures, letting people wear his ring, and couldn't be any nicer. That's Wayne Mesmer. But go ahead, Sarah. Sorry. No, no. I, I was going to say that picture actually happened because Anthony and I were about to head over um, to the bar to hang out with people. We bumped into Crawley, and he had some Club 400 beer. Uh, he'd been hanging out with Stuart McVicker, who's another friend of ours who definitely was hanging out that night. But we kind of offered us a beer and we bumped into Wayne and got the picture. And it was it was honestly, I felt I, I can't even tell you if you had told 13 year old me sitting in Price, Utah, running home from junior high to watch the Cubs games that I had pre-recorded on my parents VCR because I was going to miss them while I was at school, that there was going to come a day where I was going to be all grown up. And I was going to be hanging out at CubsCon, bumping into Wayne Mesmer with people like Crawley. Uh, I just, I wouldn't have believed it in a million years. It's, it's a magical, magical place. And you all do so much to make that possible. I'm just very grateful for the experience. Hey guys, Joe Flaherty again, and I'm excited to tell you about one of our newest partners, Athletic Greens. Having been involved in the health and fitness space for over a decade, I've heard a lot of great things about their AG1 formula, from the taste to the quality of ingredients and the comprehensive nature of the product itself. So after they reached out to partner with us, I did a little bit more digging and I was blown away by what I found. So you might be asking, what exactly is this stuff anyways? Well, AG1 is a blend of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food superfoods, 
probiotics, and adaptogens to support nearly every system in the body. One serving a day benefits your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy levels, recovery ability, pretty much any process your body goes through, AG1 can lend a helping hand. Now I have this stuff in my shopping cart as we speak and I'm most looking forward to a few things. First, I've been taking dozens of different supplements for years now and sometimes 10 different powders and pills from 10 different bottles can get a bit overwhelming. But AG1 offers simplicity. You can easily swap a single scoop of AG1 for a whole shelf of single ingredient products and be no worse for wear. And by the way, you stand to save a whole lot of money switching from a boatload of products to just one. Trust me, because I've been down that path before. Secondly, AG1 is a portable product you can take with you on the go. I'm a huge believer in the benefits of creating good health habits, and the fact that you can take AG1 with you anywhere is an easy way to ensure you're getting the nutritional support you need each day, no matter where you're waking up. And I don't know about you guys, but I always tend to get pretty beat up by traveling, and unfortunately, I often find myself spending most of my vacations nursing a cold, while AG1's formula can offer the immune support you need to kick that cold to the curb or even avoid it in the first place and let you really enjoy yourself no matter how long you've been in an airport or an Uber. And the kicker is, all the ingredients in AG1 are highly bioavailable, meaning your body can actually absorb the nutrition you're giving it. And I can't tell you how many times I've run into this issue of poor absorption and how bad you feel realizing that the only thing that expensive supplement you bought did was burn a hole in your wallet. With AG1, you have a nutritional insurance policy based on the latest scientific research, which is big for me all for less than $3 a day. And if you don't believe me, AG1 has over 7,000 five-star reviews on their site to help point you in the right direction. So it's time to reclaim your health with just one scoop of AG1 a day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, Wrigley fam, Kat Garcia here. You may remember me from my days working with y'all at the ballpark before I became a full-time baseball writer. Well, I'm here to tell you that now I'm back and I've started a new podcast too. It's called Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia. Since I left to pursue my career in sports journalism, I've met so many incredible journalists and media members, even some outside of the scope of sports. And all of these folks are people whose work you already read or may be familiar with. And one of my favorite things about working in this industry has been hearing all of the great advice, lessons learned, and the sometimes downright hilarious stories that have been swapped over drinks with all sorts of incredible journalists and people. And oftentimes I wish that our audiences were around for these truly authentic, fun, and sometimes candidly booze-infused conversations. So I decided I'm bringing them to you in podcast form. Join me for Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia, where I sit down with some of your favorite people in sports and journalism, like Lawrence Holmes, Scott Merkin, Maddie Lee, and Brett Taylor, just to name a few, to show you what life in sports and journalism is really like. So pour yourself a tall one or grab a hot coffee and join us. Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia is available now on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow the show on Twitter for updates, info on past episodes, and more at at grabadrink underscore pod. Cheers and happy listening. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. 
Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today and please remember to drink responsibly. Reboots, reunions, reruns, no matter where you turn, everyone is going back to revisit Nostalgic TV. Join us on a journey back in the day as we look at your favorite Black 90s sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, A Different World, Living Single, and Moesha. We break down a new sitcom and episode per week, discuss why the show was relevant at the time and still holds up today, discuss its impact, and laugh at how different things were back in the day or how they stay the same. Check out Back in the Day with Tanya and Cheryl now on your favorite podcast app and come on a 90s Black sitcom journey with us. And, and when you go to Lizzie's on Friday night, it's just a who's who of Cubs aficionados. If you look at this picture, you could see Luis and Brett from Bleacher Nation. You could see Full Count Tommy. You could see the great Randall J. Sanders. It's just always a fun. I think this was 2020. I think this was 2020, but it was, it's just something special where you can all just kind of hang out and have a good time. So if you guys are done with your shift, any workers, I invite you to Lizzie's on Friday night. We'd love to have you come on in and shoot the breeze. If Frank's uh, giving you the rest of the night off, I don't know if that'll happen, but you're always welcome to come with us and have a good time and have a drink. But it really is Sarah, you know, you, you sit there and you realize you are among your people, uh, some crazies. When you talk about crazies, in the chat, if you can tell me if you remember the old Hilton days, uh, bingo, which is the greatest, used to be on Friday night, which was, it, they used to have WGN. So WGN would kind of have all the players out there, or you could do bingo. It was kind of up to you. And then um, what ends up happening is they, in, on Saturday night, after all the sessions were over, they used to have something kind of cheesy. It was called the Rock and Roll Review. And I had been going to CubsCon for years, and I'd never been to the Rock and Roll Review. So I said to myself one time, okay, got to go to the Rock and Roll Review and see what happens. What's it like? Okay, wh why do people go to it? So I grab my drinks, and I head on down to the Rock and Roll Review. And, and let me just tell you, you want to talk about crazies. It was a little bit different. I ended up running into... Uh, I don't know if this is Jake or Elwood Blues from the Blues Brothers. He was there. Now, uh, this may date some of us in here, but there was also a guy that performed. Uh, not uh, let's let's say Elvis. You know, Elvis, not Elvis, but uh, Elvis impersonator came in there and played for the fans. And there was a a guy that was in a famous <laughs> band and <laughs> stuffed into his jumpsuit. But there was a guy in the seventies. That was very, uh, he was in a popular band and he was at Cubs convention at the rock and roll review. And this man's name was Bowser. And if you remember Bowser, not the video game, cause that dates others. Bowser from Shauna -na is at the rock and roll review. Get a job. Na 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 na. Right. This is Bowser from wow. Shauna -na at the rock and roll review. 
So it's late at night. There's a lot of drunk people on the dance floor dancing. And it is Bowser. And Bowser's dancing on this older lady kind of behind her, trying to get her attention. And at the same time, this is like the old Night at the Roxbury skit where the two guys are kind of banging into the girl a little bit. Who do you think's on the other end of that sandwich? Someone take a guess. You got Bowser, and it's not anyone else we've talked about yet. Len Casper. Not Len Casper. God. (laughs) (laughs) Who would be competing for this uh, cougar's affection with Bowser from Shanana? Ron Santo. You got close, but that is not correct. I'm not guessing. (laughs) Randy Hunley. It was Ronnie Woo Woo. Of course. (laughs) So... By the way, if anyone can tell how hungover I am in that picture, that just says something. But uh, it was Ronnie Woo Woo and Bowser from Sha Na Na trying to steal the affections of this young lady at the Rock and Roll Review. And it was the most bizarre thing this Cub fan had ever seen. Danny, you were talking a little bit about some of your songs. One of your songs that I love so much is Cup Snake Guy. Can you tell us where the inspiration came from that? Because I'm sure the people that work in the bleachers would like to know about your cup snake song. Well, uh, you know, go ahead, Sarah. I was just going to say, you've got literally people walking away. They're so bad about cup snake guy. No, I'm just kidding. Dan, yeah. No. Well, well so, so am I, I mean, I'm, I'm on your side, uh, bleacher uh, ushers and uh, staff. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, over the last few years, and this isn't a new thing, this has been happening throughout the decades, but recently at Wrigley Field, uh, there's been... quite a, a prevalence of cup snake making and they've gotten out of hand. Like I think we saw last year that there was like a $40,000 in beer cup snake that was uh, made uh, in the bleachers. And I, it what's funny to me. It, and I wrote a song about it. It's called cup snake guy, kind of making fun of the dude that like comes in from, uh, from Barrington and like loses his $200 Jersey that night as he gets too drunk with his friends, uh, making these cup snakes in the, bleachers doesn't know he's too drunk by the third to even know who's pitching anymore that doesn't know who won uh you know somehow gets back on the train at 2 a.m and gets off at the wrong stop like that that kind of guy and um but I feel for you guys but what was entertaining to me is how there were how the rules kept changing and for a while you had to like chase the cup snake around uh you oh you'd break the cup snake up throw it all away and then you said okay well let's just let the cup snakes happen they'll fizzle out on their own as people get sick of like holding this giant spit cup up with their hand for two innings and they have to pee and then the whole whole cup snake thing ends um so I feel for you guys out there. You've you've tried different methods of trying to eradicate this cup snake problem, whereas it's like obviously disrupts the game at certain times, uh, especially in like late and close games where it's three to two and then eighth and it's a tight thing, and these br- bros are making cup snakes. Makes no sense. So I feel for you guys, and I would love to hear in the chat. Any bright ideas about the best way to handle it? My personal feeling is let them fizzle out. They'll get sick of standing there. Then they look dumb holding garbage is, you know, my opinion. Well, Was there I'm, anyone else at the game where the cup snake fell on the warning fell on track? The field, that yeah. was on That was embarrassing. I was just yeah. like, y'all are too it's drunk to hand. hold the cup snake. There's yeah, a lot of stadiums, not, though. It's not just Wrigley. 
this is not, but, but, but Joe, and this is where we kind of get into it, Joe, because you and I are very anti-wave at Wrigley. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to request that Frank makes sure that security helps us of just ending waves. Joe, you and I have been in agreement. There's certain rules and traditions of Wrigley that need to be respected. Correct. I 100% agree. I am one. I'm anti the wave. You and I are old school. In a lot of things that some new school people just don't agree with us. You know, I, yes, let people fan how they want to fan, but there are certain customs and cultures that you better respect when you're walking through the pearly gates, as I like to call them, because it is heaven, Wrigley, right? So with cup snakes, I, yeah, I think they're dumb. I don't like anything that just distracts from the game. Um, the only thing I'll stick up for is it's at a lot of stadiums. I feel like cub fans have this unfair reputation of being super drunk where I'm like, it's just because there's a lot of us. Whenever there's more of anything, there's more drunks. You know, so uh, but cup snakes happen at a lot of ballparks and apparently cup snakes aren't even original to this last couple of years. There's like newspaper clippings from like 50 years ago where they did it. So Danny's idea of just let them have their fun. It'll fizzle out. I think it's probably the best course because it fizzled out 50 years ago. So maybe it'll fizzle out again. I don't know. I just feel like at first people were thought it was like, oh, look at us. We're, we're being rebels. We're collecting cups. And then they're telling us they're taking away our cups and then we get to boo them. I, it's just again, you know, people in the early twenties are always trying do to do it. stuff that makes them go viral these days, but one, it is. One thing I started last year was uh, faces of cup snake. I've got a really great zoom on my camera. So I would zoom into the middle of the snake and just see some guy standing there for about an inning and a half, just holding his, holding this snake and just being like, well, I've, I've got to keep holding it because, uh, that's what we do out here. And then he just looks so bored and sad that he he got him he roped himself into this situation. Eventually, uh, he he gets sick of it and just like, hey, bro, uh, you hold my part of part of the snake. It's it's Danny, it's also dis- Danny, Danny, disgusting. We have, a, we have an update, Danny, from our good friend Kathy Weedley. Uh, Kathy says the new rule is no cup snakes in the first three rows of the bleachers. So thank you, Kathy, for clarifying. And that's the thing is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful, even like just they go beyond. Sarah, there's a funny story of you and me going to the game at Wrigley Field. And guys, like I said, Sarah's a true, true baseball aficionado and she keeps score. I did until they put the new boards on. I used to keep score as well. And then when they put the boards up, I was like, eh. But Sarah still religiously keeps score. And so Sarah and I went to a game together. Sarah, can you kind of tell people what happened? Well, so we're at we're in Crawley seats and it was this game between, I think it was the Giants and the Cubs, wild game, back and forth the whole time. Like the Cubs would have a four-run lead, then the Giants would have a four-run lead. And it was, it was just kind of bananas. But long about the seventh inning, I wanted to go get one more beer for the game. And so I entrusted Crawley with my scorecard and my score, I, I, I bring a clipboard so I can keep score on the clipboard. And I, I have a lucky pencil uh, and the lucky pencil made it all the way through 2016 and all the way through 2017. And, and in 2018, um, I, I entrusted my lucky pencil and my clipboard and my scorecard with Crawley. And when I came back, my lucky pencil was gone. <laughs> and I was like, Crawley. <laughs> Just for the record, the, I'm in the first row of the upper deck. I'm in 306 row one. And Sarah gives me the pencil and the scorecard, and I'm dutifully writing everything down perfectly in her method. And all of a sudden, the Cubs hit like a home run, like a three-run homer to take the lead. And I jump up, and I get my Cubs flag, and I'm waving it like crazy. 
And in that situation, the pencil disappeared. Uh, so I, I just assume the pencil is gone forever because it's it's nowhere near the seats and we it's probably gone over the ledge and it's a mechanical pencil. I, I doubt it's going to survive the fall. But Crawley, Crawley is a very industrious human being. And so when the game ends, he walks down with me right below where his seats are and an usher helps us search the area below to find the pencil <laughs> and we found that is us that is the wonderful usher who helped us wow. find my lucky pencil and the lucky pencil survived it still comes to every cubs uh, game with me and the lucky pencil is still lucky so if she hadn't told me it was a lucky pencil i wouldn't have put in all the effort i did not want to be the Billy Goat of the 21st century that I dropped the lucky <laughs> pencil. And that's why the Cubs need 108 years to win another world series. But that's kind of what I'm talking about is just how everybody kind of uh, just how everybody kind of just goes above and beyond and, and really makes Wrigley a special place. Uh, this off season, um, my nephew, he lives in Colorado and he went to his first game ever and he got to run on the field. And, and like I said, you know, he's five years old. And so we wanted to make sure he got to remember it and enjoy it. And again, here's an usher right here, given he's that's him in the bias Jersey right here, this little guy right here, getting a baseball card. And he was just like, he thought it was the greatest thing. He's like, how come in Colorado, they don't give us baseball cards. I said, well, Elias, it, it ain't Wrigley field. Wrigley fields, different Wrigley field special. And that's what really, like I said, when I, when I think about everybody that, you know, over the years, that has made Wrigley a special place. And these are just like, like I said, these are not just employees, in my opinion, they're like family, you know, and when the Cubs came back in 2020, um, they did a memorial for the, for the people that had that, that we lost um, in 20, I'm sorry, this was, yeah, 2021 in 2021, the first home game, they made a video and of, of everybody we lost. And it was a lot of people, you know, and I know you guys, probably took it hard, but it was, it was just amazing. And I, and, and because you guys do mean so much to so many of us fans, Danny and Sarah and Joe, people that show up at Wrigley all the time. Uh, this is a picture of me and Daryl. You guys know Daryl, you know, always kind of guarding, making sure that I don't get near Tom Ricketts. So, uh, you know, Daryl has a very important job. I don't know if uh, Frank put that in his job description, but uh, he makes sure I don't hound Mr. Ricketts. Um, you know, I think Kathy's in here, Kathy, who I see, all the time at Wrigley Field, such a sweetheart. Uh, let's see, she would get mad at me if I didn't choose a good picture. So I really spent some time making sure because she she's very, very, you know, here's Kathy and I know she's in here. I know Mary's in here. Uh, just I'm just looking around. Uh, I saw Jeremy in here making sure that everything's on the up and up. Uh, I got this great picture. Like I said, just going through my pictures and looking at, uh, this was the old Starbucks, which I know the employees miss big time. Uh, right on the corner there. Uh, I don't know where the new hangout is, but just look at these legends right here, getting ready to make sure there's no cub snakes, helping with mechanical pencils, you know, just doing everything that they can to make sure it's a good time. And then I come in and ask keeping for a picture. Me from, keeping me from re-entering the ballpark. <laughs> Jeremy told you no re-entry, buddy. That's the, that, that is that is the way that it goes. Uh, and, and Marvin is one of those guys. I got a picture here of Marvin who makes sure that the cub snakes aren't going down, you know, always with a smile on his face. This is, 
we went with Club 400. We had a whole section of the bleachers and giving the whole section of the bleachers to Club 400 was never a great idea. And Marvin just had absolutely infinite patience with us when if it would have been me, I probably would have tossed us out. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of all the people. Keith, uh, Keith was, you know, working right by the press box and just uh, everything that Keith would do. You know, I would wait for Ron Santo and Keith would not shoo me away too badly. But just just uh, guarding the door back. I mean, I miss that door. You know what I mean? They have this stupid club there now. Kind of one of those things that just changes. Uh, and like I said, I think about the people that we kind of lost. Uh, people, that, like I said, that I consider like family that I would just talk to. And they're not here anymore, Wrigley, but they're still in our hearts. Um, you know, it's like I said, I've been going to Wrigley over 40 years. And, and some of you guys have been here 10, 15, 20, 25 years. You know, it's, it's just um, something special that we get to share. And so when we do everything we do, uh, you know, I know with Danny and Sarah and Joe, it really is a labor of love because we know how many of you guys are listening and following because you guys come up to us and talk to us about things. And that's what's special. And we love it when we see you at the park and, and, and talk to us about the different things. Our friend Stanley used to work at the 1014 club door. Now he's over on the elevator. We just love everything that you guys do. And we know how special you are. Um, so I just wanted to let, I know it's going to be 930 and you guys have kind of had a long day. Uh, I wanted to let everybody here kind of speak to you guys about how much we appreciate you. And then we'll take any questions if you have them. And then, at, like I said, at 930, you're free to go. Or if you just want to grab another drink, we'll stay on until Frank makes us leave. But make sure, Danny, you're <laughs> listening for when they kick you out, okay? <laughs> Is there a re-entry into a Zoom? I don't know how it works in uh, this situation. Uh, Joe, what would you like to say to the employees of Wrigley that we have on here right now? Uh, just thanks to all of you. You know, you guys are a, a well-oiled machine. You keep Wrigley running and... Uh, you know, it's it's so to, to so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, uh, it's our happy place. You know, it um, it doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field and you guys are amazing at what you do. And I will say this, there's in my younger years, in my late 30s now, there was a few times where there was some some incidents in the bleacher um, and I got involved into altercations with, with other human beings, I'll just put it that way. Um, and maybe one guy's face ran into my fist, which is so weird. And you guys could have kicked me out, but you were all smart enough to kick the other people out instead and allowed me to stay, which I really appreciate. Um, one time in eighth grade, uh, Chicago public schools had a half day and me and my friends hopped on the Edison bus, went to a game and an older gentleman gave us a beer and you kick that guy out and you let us stay, which was really nice because we were 14 and we that would have really sucked if we got kicked out in the sixth inning. So, again, thank you to all the wonderful employees at Wrigley Field um, for, for doing the right thing. You guys are the best. Sarah? Right. Okay. I, um, I didn't really feel it was, the, it was the third ballpark that I ever got to visit. It was incredible. Um, and I will never forget – the ushers they just recognized it was my first time they could see it like could see it in my face and the way I looked at the park and when I kind of teared up although I should I should admit that I tear up every time I'm at Wrigley Field so that has happened a few more times 
<laughs> since then, I think the first time I go every year, I get some tears in my eyes. But just thank you for always being incredible. So much knowledge, so much information on where to how to experience the park, where all the hidden gems are. Really, you make it feel like home. I cannot wait to bring every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do in the city of Chicago and you all made that possible. Danny, as our resident bleacher bum, a few words from the bleachers. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been in the bleachers for 40 years like Crawley did, uh, been going there the whole time. And I, and I, I will say that like there's – and it's such a special place to me, obviously, from being 10 years old in the bleachers to being 48 in the bleachers. It's it all it has such a through line and the through line is is the place itself and then the people of the place. And, you know, it the place alone is not enough to give it the vibe that you guys give it. It's just like when you see, a, you know, a, when you see the same faces year after year after year in the same sections it makes you feel when you come back in there in the springtime you see the same people and you're saying hey and you know oh i recognize that guy and oh she's still here this it, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion in, in, in that wrigley fields uh, it, it's what it feels like and whenever i bring I, I know people from all over the world i've brought french clowns literally French clowns to Wrigley Field. Oh, so cynical, so cynical. This will be stupid. No, they go in there and they feel the vibe. They know the place. They feel the history. And within no time, they're up on their feet cheering and clapping. I brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball. They love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that because it's nothing without the people that are running it. Otherwise, it's just an old, decrepit building that has concrete falling on people's heads well it used to they fixed that well danny but, you, you mentioned the same people year after years and i would get in trouble if i didn't mention mikey who works the usher in my section over in 306 and and i don't even know if this was really his birthday but we celebrated like it was but uh yeah it really is that family vibe that we all kind of feel and love and uh Again, you know, they may be arguing right now, the billionaires and the millionaires. If, if I'm the one, I say, you know what? You need to pay the game day staff more. That's, that, that, that is my opinion, is that you guys deserve more because you are the ones that make all of this so enjoyable. And like Danny said, I've been, I've been going over 40. That is me and the bleachers in 1982 with my 65. dad. And so, you know, just kind of... <laughs> Not that old, but, uh, you know, just for for a kid that's been there in the bleachers to somebody that got to present a ring uh, to the World Series, to going to the Cubs conventions and seeing everybody there, um, I can't thank you enough for the kindness that you've shown me, my fellow Cub fans, and, and that's me at the 75th Wrigley anniversary when I was a teenager. I had to have been like the late 80s. Uh, You're a teenager there? <laughs> I was about 11, 12. So maybe not a teenager, about 11, 12 right there. Yeah. Late bloomer. Huh? Hey, what, what, what can you say? But, but uh, you know, I, I appreciate all you guys and I appreciate Frank for letting us come on and kind of sharing our perspective. And my hope is, is that this time next year, come hell or high water, we're all together at Cubs convention. Cause I'm done with the zoom. I'm done with the virtual. I'm ready to see you guys. At, at, and, 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 
even if people say stop running during bingo, I promise I will stop running just for you guys because of how much I miss you. <laughs> I don't believe Girl, that. I don't believe you for a second either. <laughs> After the first Robert few Carl, years, aged well, buddy. I got to tell you, man, there's some pictures you shared from the nineties to today. And I'm like, you're looking pretty good in the, in 2022, my friend. <laughs> it's, it's been a long, strange trip. Frank, you want to jump on really quick? So I'm gonna hope. So we actually have uh, on the books uh, five bobblehead days next season. I want to hold you to that that no running rule. So, Ooh, uh, Frank, did you just, just say I'm, five bobbleheads next year? I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hold you to that though, because now that I know that bobbleheads are returning next season, uh, I want to hold you to that. But um, you know, th- this is probably really, Frank. Do you think I might like bobbleheads? I'm not really a hundred percent. Uh, if you have five, yeah. if you have uh, five bobbleheads, I'm gonna need to add some more shelf space here, Frank. Uh, yes, uh, and build uh, another wing to the fan cave there <laughs> to the clubhouse. Uh, but I do, I do want to just, I do want to thank you all. I, I got to tell you, I was in love with the uh, the first session, the Jason Hayward session, but I'm even more in love with this session, getting to see everybody. Uh, getting to see fans recognize the staff is a very rare thing. Uh, and to see all the pictures that you have of everybody that we know, uh, that was amazing to me, <laughs> for me to see that. And, uh, and to see, I wish Rick Alcala could see this because I'm always yelling at him all the time. And this is the time where I could be praising him. Uh, so that was, <laughs> that was cool to see. Uh, but, you know, thank you all very much. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I can, I'm going to let some of them talk uh, that want to talk and say something. They haven't had a long day, but uh, I think that they should, at least somebody should say something on behalf of GSA and security to you all. So uh, raise your hand, let me know, or give me a wave if you want to talk. But uh, from the supervisors, I should say, those of us that kick people out, you know, thank you all <laughs> very much for uh, not having us kick you out. <laughs> thank you and again we'll take any questions or any comments that you guys have we'd be happy to answer them uh yeah i'm gonna ask you uh uh see if I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pick some people to represent and speak for ushers gsa let me go with laura o'shea i'm gonna have laura o'shea here uh speak on behalf of uh gsa and and, and thank you all go ahead laura oh um that's a big surprise hi hi everybody uh hey. good to see you um, yeah, this has been wonderful seeing everybody. And uh, um, like Crowley said, I hope next year we're going to be in person. That would be really nice. But uh, I, I enjoyed the session so much. This is so much fun. Um, thank you guys all. And it is fun seeing you at the ballpark. So can't wait for the season, hopefully, to start on time. But we'll see. Margaret Thank has you. a question here. It says, Crawley is your jersey nearby. So I, I don't know if anyone, I, I, we do have Club 400 brethren that work for Wrigley. I know Frank has been there. Kathy's been there. Mary's been there. Um, we have a, an event tomorrow night that we're going to be at, which is going to be a lot of fun. And I encourage you all to try to make it if you can. But um, the people at Club 400, uh, I, I just, this is the beginning. I'm building this Cubs cave, my own Cubs cave here. Club 400 is the greatest Cubs cave, but I wanted a little place of my own to kind of watch games. And uh they all chipped in and kicked in and got me the Miguel Montero game used Jersey from when I presented him his ring. So not nearby, it's getting ready to be framed. So when that's done, I'll try to share the pictures on my Twitter account at Crawley's Cubs, but uh, that's a good question. Awesome. I just wanted to see if it was around yet, but I figured you might be getting framed. 
Yeah, it was so cool to see that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. So I'm so happy. You guys are a great group. Thank you. It's amazing. Club 400 400 and the Sun Ranto Ranters and uh, the, um, I'm in a memorabilia group called the Cubs group where we trade bobbleheads and stuff that we may miss for stadium giveaways and stuff like that. So just a great bunch of people that realized that, that, it would be something special to have here because I have the Jersey that the Cubs gave me signed by Miggy. And now I have Miggy's Jersey. And uh, the funny thing about that Jersey that Stuart told us and Stuart's getting ready. So he couldn't be here tonight. He's getting ready for the party tomorrow. Uh, but, but his mother was the one that wrapped it because Stuart can't wrap it. He just, it'd be one big ball of mess. So he had his mom, <laughs> he had his mom wrap it and she takes a look and she goes, Stuart, what did you do to the Jersey? Well, it turned out it's a stain from Miggy's Icy Hot on his shoulder. So she thought that Stu was eating buffalo wings or something and got something stained on the jersey. But that was from Miggy. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's that's a story you'll tell people, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Any closing remarks uh, from your crew, Crawley? No, just thank you for having us on. We, We look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. We love you. And the sooner, the better owners players just get it together so that we can all kind of be in our happy place yes hopefully april we'll see you please hopefully april <laughs> all right and uh, we, we'd love yeah, to ditto. be back Th- anytime you'll have us yeah thanks so much guys thanks for having us that was a lot of fun great to see uh, so many familiar faces so where can they where can they find you all on social media if they want to find you all where can they find you all Joe, you want to go ahead and take it? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm a stand-up comedian, so if you like stand-up comedy, you could go to youtube.com slash my name, Joe Kilgallen, which you see right there. And uh, it's it's not safe for work, most of the material, <laughs> just to give you a heads up. Um, the, t- the TikTok stuff is safe. You can follow my TikTok, too. Yeah, TikTok, I'm, I'm pretty safe on TikTok as well. So it's just my name, Joe Kilgallen, on everything, and I perform all over town, laugh at. I've actually performed at Dempster a bunch of times. I did the audience warm-up for his, uh, when he did off the mound at both the Vic and park West, um, I was like the opening comedian. So, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, if you're ever around Chicago, check out, uh, the show laugh factory is my favorite one. Sarah. Yeah. You're breaking up. It's Sarah at BCB is- underscore Sarah. And she has, she is at a uh, cup of cup of cubby blue again, writes for fan graphs, right for bleed club cubby blue. So, uh, Danny, how about you? Uh, Son Ranto, you take Ron Santo, you switch the R and the S on Twitter, and then you got me. Um, we do the Son Ranto show, which Crawley is a big part of. Uh, we we go right now once a week live, uh, and you can join in on that. It's an interactive show. It's a lot of fun. So tune into that. Sometimes we we're we're the irreverent Cubs podcast, and we have a we have a good time together. We're the fan podcast, as they say. And also Bleacher Bum Band, uh, we got an album out, all Cubs songs. So if you got Spotify, type Bleacher Bum Band. A uh, lot, lot of you guys probably know Bleacher Jeff. He's the guitarist in the band. Uh, you might know him from the giant man that sits in the left field well. And, the Andrew uh, gives, Chafin impersonator. The Andrew Chafin impersonator. Yeah, he's the guitarist in the band. And we're making a new record. So, uh, yeah, so you can find us there, too. A lot of the music there, the podcasting and stuff like that. But I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. It was really wonderful because I'm missing CubsCon this weekend. So it was nice to have something to do as opposed to, you know, Nothing. (laughs) Something versus nothing is always better.
And you can find me at Crawley's Cubs. No E. Everyone always puts an E, but there's no E. C-R-A-W-L-Y at Crawley's Cubs. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, You'll see me with Danny. We're either usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays, usually Thursdays. And we'd love to have you come on in and kind of just laugh and kind of uh, have a fun time. All right. Uh, Thank you all very much. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but the Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding mistaken identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search mistaken identity podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. To check out the network's other show offerings, head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty from the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Hey, it's Frank from the Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark podcast. Listen, I get so many messages, emails, phone calls about investing because I talk about it so much on this show that I can't respond to them all. But what I've decided to do is do a class on Patreon for all of our supporters in two categories. For those that are 40 and under and those that are 40 and older because investing is different based on your age. I get asked, Frank, what is an NFT that these young folks are talking about? What is cryptocurrency? Or I hear about Frank, is it time to readjust my 401k? What's the best life insurance to get? What about life insurance that has living benefits? Or the big one, I just got a raise at my job, it's 2%, but inflation is 7%. Did I really get a loss? I have also noticed a trend. A lot of parents and or grandparents are starting to understand that the cost of college is skyrocketing. And they know that it is better to invest when your child is younger as opposed to later on. And I've recently been talking about how I have gotten some real estate and some stocks and some other investments into Jordan's name so that he is taken care of 
if something were to ever happen to me. I'll break all of that down, how I did that, how you leave stuff to your children or loved ones in the will and all that good stuff on these investing sessions. Talking about all that and more on our Patreon page every week. Go and get it, patreon.com slash mistaken identity podcast. Let's get investing and generational wealth together.